Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. And we have a special guest with us today. Very excited to be speaking with Stevie Hostetter. She is an author and has a new book out called The Light of Hope, which I'm going to show you right here. Very excited about that. And it's got some lovely poems in it. So it's a book of poetry, so we're going to get into that. But welcome, Stevie. Thank you. It's really good to have you on our show. We were really excited when uh, we heard about you from my cousin. She said, hey, she's got a book out. You know, we think you might like it. So we said, okay, this is great. And you're also from the San Luis Valley, correct? Yes, I live in Alamosa. Now, are you born and bred Valley person or a transplant? Yes. I've been here my whole life. Okay, nice. So give us just a little bit of background about you. Okay, so, well, I used to clean houses for a living, but I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and so work has cut down quite a bit, and that's uh, part of the reason why I wrote the book, but it's also because I've been wanting to write a book since I was about six years old. Well, I'm kind of glad you finally got there. (laughs) Thank you. I mean... You know, you kind of start this journey off, you know, not realizing that something like rheumatoid arthritis is going to come kind of creep up on you. And so that kind of changed your life pretty dramatically, I would say. Yes. Yeah, it did. So how do you cope with that in your day-to-day life, though? It was just recently that I was diagnosed. And I want to say it was about a month ago or two months ago that I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Ritus, and I really didn't expect it to change my life so dramatically, but it did. I haven't been able to work because simple daily tasks, even like opening a lid or opening the car door hurts. So that, I'm sorry to hear that. That makes it very, very difficult. But I guess what, but it did at least provide you the opportunity to do more writing. Yes. Yes, it did. I was well, I've been writing off and on for a few years now. I went back to school and got my associate's degree, and I was going to continue on, but I don't know with the arthritis now. I don't know if I'll be able to further my education. But during that time that and COVID, that's when I really started thinking about making the book that I did because I wanted to give people hope and I wanted to find hope in my own life because of uh, circumstances, you know, and so I just want people to be uplifted by it. That's awesome. And it seems like COVID was a big turning point for a lot of people. I think it got a lot of people thinking about what direction they wanted to go and maybe changing the trajectory of things. Yes, COVID actually put in perspective and it was hard first i lost a lot of clients when covid first started and so that's actually why i was able to go back to college and get my associate's degree and it just led me down a path that led me to this book which is awesome now when you were starting this were you thinking in your head, this is going to be a book of poetry, or were you thinking, I can do a novel, or what was your kind of thought process with that? So with this 
first book, I wanted to write poetry because it's easily accessible and people can read poetry quickly and they could have thoughts on poetry. And I wanted people to be inspired and feel happiness in moments that there's really no happiness. I want them to find the light that is in the world right now. And so that's why I wrote this poetry book and I hope I'm going to continue writing and I believe that my next one that I write will be a novel and then I might go every other one. So the first one's poetry, next one's a novel, and the next one could be poetry again. Now, did you self-publish? Yes, I did. So, you know, I mean, and I think that's uh, kind of a cool thing is when you're able to figure out how to navigate all of that, because sometimes navigating the system is not always the easiest thing, but it's something you did navigate because you can get the book on uh, Amazon. Was that a yes. process? Well, actually, I started submitting manuscripts to different publishers and stuff. And I had a few publishers reach out to me and say that they would like to publish my work. They were most said $4,000, $5,000 to publish a book. And I, I said, well, that's like way out of my price range. And so over the span, I started seeing posts on Facebook about self-publishing and the thought hadn't ever occurred to me to self-publish because I was always trying to get traditionally published. But after seeing a few ads, I learned of Amazon's. It's called Kindle Direct Publishing. And on there you get I believe 60% of the royalties, but you don't have to pay them to publish. And so I went ahead and did that. And it took about two, three months to figure out the formatting, pick the right cover for the book and do all of that. And the process to write the book, I've been writing poetry off and on for a few years now. So I stuck some of the poetry that I wrote in the past in the book and then I wrote uh, new poetry as well and that took about a month. So in all it took about three months to get the book published. Nice. That's not really too bad of a turnaround I would think. Well not at all. Your book is doing on Amazon. Well I've sold about 71 copies. That's between I had a book signing and I've sold some on Amazon and it's not going as well as I'd like. There's not as many people buying the book on Amazon, but I think it may be because there's not a lot of people who have reviewed my book on Amazon. I only have about five, maybe four or five reviews on Amazon right now. And, you know, people like to buy a book that has a lot of reviews. Well, and you know, for people listening, you know, I think it's really important when people are really trying to get their work out there. You know, we have uh, for different kinds of talents, we have like TikTok, we have all of those other social medias where people can be seen. But, you know, when you're an author, 
that's a little bit different. So, you know, we encourage our listeners to go to Amazon and check out the book, you know, and to and what it does is I think it helps people at that more local level, if you want to call it that word. They're not getting the big end publishing companies who are out there advertising and doing stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully we can generate a little bit more for you with having you on the podcast, because I think that's important to really showcase different people and to show other people there are alternatives. If you're out there and you're a writer, there's other alternatives than going with the publisher. You can do your own work. You know, I think that's really an important message for people to hear as well. So also when you were writing this book of poetry, talk a little bit about your inspiration. Because you said, so you have some in, that was from prior. How did your prior poetry change from what you, a majority of your book you said is about kind of the light of hope and all of that? Well, so the first poem I wrote in the book, it's called Imploring Liberation. And that, I was actually going to try to do a story. And instead, I wanted to do a novel on that. But when I published it, I thought it would do good as prose poem. That's what it's called because it's like a longer poem than usual. And that one I wrote about two years ago. And it's my favorite piece in the book. I really like that one poem. And why is your favorite? What about it resonates with you? So I actually like horror related stuff. And that one is kind of horror because it's talking about a boy that gets kidnapped. When I was littler, I used to read Stephen King a lot. And he was my inspiration to start writing. And I still read Stephen King this day. And so horror is what I mainly turn to. And that's why I like that poem. But I wanted that poem in the book to give people awareness, to tell them that there is people out in the world who do stuff that's bad to kids. And I want them to see. It's not to bring them down. And the rest of the poems in the book have more of a light filling. When I started this book, I started as a project. And on Facebook, I went to three different groups and I posted on my main profile and I asked people what gave them hope and their answers are what's in the book. So I wrote a poem for each of the answers I got from people. So for example, of uh, my sister said she liked sunsets. Sunsets gave her hope. So I put a poem in there about sunsets and my other sister said that her pets and her child are what give her hope. And so I put a couple in there about children and one about, or one or two about pets. And I really wanted to get what gave people hope in the book. And I used their examples and wrote a poem about them. I think that's really cool because you actually went to the people to find out what what inspires them to include. I think that's really cool. And I think that it's going to be really interesting for people to hear that horror stories were your inspiration for getting started. I think that that's interesting because, you know, the book, you wouldn't think that because you you do have so many poems in there that are about 
uplifting and inspiring and that kind of thing. So they wouldn't think it would originate something like that from horror. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting as I was reading the book. I'm there thinking, well, this is a little bit different. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the one, the first one, they're like, the one, yes, yes. And then, but then, you know, I think though, even as I was reading it, you know, in the mind of the child, there was hope. Yes. Because he was so, getting the wall. Yes. So it, so I thought, okay, I thought it started out a little dark and I'm thinking, ooh, you know, but now it makes sense now that I know the backstory. <laughs> That's good. It was a little different, but overall, really liked it, though. It had a lot of emotion behind it, which was really cool to me. So you talked about what, you know, you, you talk to people and ask them what inspire, you know, what inspires their hope. What inspires you? What is that hope for you? I think hearing other people's examples of hope gives me hope. I like to know that people have hope in this life because seeing other people have hope makes me feel hope like that there is better days and that there is a lot of things so in the paperback I think I wrote 50 poems in that one and I have 65 in the hard cover and so that's 65 aspects of life that give people hope during the day and seeing their answers makes me think that there is really a lot of hope in life. We love music. So the your poem music was just really amazing. Yeah. You know, it had that uh we're gonna pull that up just real quick. So go okay. ahead. this one is called Um to the Lyrics. So can you see it to read it? Calm music inspires writing. How I love the way you sound. Thank you, thou. Penetrating my mind day and night, always dreaming about the proper rhythm. Let me compare you to pure thought. You are more hopeful and more creative. Great storms whip the twigs of October and autumn time as the decisive. How do I love you? Let me count the ways. I love your melody and lyrics. Thinking of your rhythm fills my days. My fondness for you is a calming day. Now I must go away with a peaceful heart and a longing for the music. I you love know, that. Yes, it was one that, you know, I, I think that people, it's amazing to me how many people will talk about the power of music in their life. And, and you know, as a therapist, uh, as a mental health therapist, how many of my clients will say, when I need that, I go to that music because it fills me up. It provides me with, as you say, hope and things like that. So that was one of my favorites. And, you know, just that we're talking about it. Yes. You know, but because, you know, you, you kind of said that you've been in the Valley all your life. Your family's still there. Yep. Okay. And you said kind of like your two sisters inspired you based on their hope and stuff like that. You know, because I think the, the Valley has such a different thing. And sometimes... I remember being younger and thinking there was something about the valley that provided hope. And I'm not sure what that feeling is, but I think if you're from the valley, you, you kind of have that. Well, I'm not originally from the valley, but did live there for over 10 years. And I would say partially it is the community. I think that the people, I've seen them come together a lot. And to me, that's inspiring. Do you feel that it's that way in the valley? I actually like the mountains 
here. And there's an actual, there's actually a poem in my book that I wrote about the mountains because that was my mom's example. But I just love going there because it gives me peace knowing that we're connected to nature and being able to smell and see the trees and see the wildlife here in the valley. That's what gives me hope is to is to see the mountains and stuff and be near them. Yeah, I think that our sense of community is connected to just because the people here are willing to help each other out. I've noticed as an author now how many people have shared my posts and that live here in the valley and have told people about my book and how many people have reached out to me over the past month or I think it's been about two months since I published it. Yeah, it's just a great outreaching and people support each other here. So I do feel that also, yes. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of what's cool. And you know, one of the things we, we like about our podcast is showcasing people from the San Bruce Valley because it, it's my home. You know, I grew up in the Del Norte, so it's very much my, you know, my family lived there until my parents passed away. So it holds that place for me. And so whenever we can showcase people from the Valley to show, and I think it's also to show people that no matter where you're from, whether it's a small community or a large city, you have the potential to go wherever you want to go in your life. You know, you said, you know, you started this dream kind of at six years old. At six years old, what inspired, what said to you, oh my God, I want to be a writer? <laughs> well, so I actually loved writing. I would write all the time. I would write in a journal. I would write short stories. I loved making up stories and telling people just to see their reaction, see how they would react. And uh, well, I was about seven or eight when I read my first Stephen King book. It was Pet Cemetery, and I really liked that. And I'm I said, oh, maybe I could be like Stephen King one day. Maybe I can write books and stuff. Well, little I did I know when I was in school, almost every teacher I had said, you're going to be a writer one day. And, you know, that just spurred me on even more. I said, well, I can't have them not tell the truth. And so I wanted to, I wanted to make them right. And even up until high school, all the way into college, I had teachers tell me, oh, you're a writer, you're going to be a writer one day. And that's really what drove me to to start writing. So, well, you know, and I think that that's the other thing. I think when you have those people who encourage you along the way, because I think, you know, you might have the thought of, oh, you know what, I'd really like to be a writer. But then when you have those other people that see that potential in you, I liked hearing People say, oh, you should be a writer. Or when I'd tell my stories, oh, that's a really good story. You should be a writer. It just makes you want to try even even harder. So, Absolutely. When you sit back and you think about those people who inspired you, are there people who stand out that really encouraged you on this journey? So my mom was always in the background. She was always telling me, that I could do whatever I wanted to. And I didn't 
think that it would actually so high these days like when i actually published the book i didn't think that it would get such um what is it exposure and stuff and when people start reaching out to me i was like well this is actually what i'm supposed to do i actually feel right doing this and i actually love it but my mom was always in the background and she was always telling me to just keep at it, keep trying, because she really liked my writing. But the teacher that really stood out to me was Miss Baker. She was my English teacher in high school, and she really loved my work. And she told, she always told me, oh, you're so articulate. You really know how to bring a character out you know how to make people feel emotion and that really touched me and really made me want want to write more and if well in the book if you notice I really love using descriptive words and I like bringing images from those words I like people to see what I'm actually talking about and so I use a lot of descriptive language and I try to use emotion to each poem that I write and to anything that I write really I want people to feel emotion when they're reading the books so so well I think uh, you know that very much I think if you're reading something and Munji you know like I said the the one on music because you could really feel the the value of the music of that taking that person to that place of Everything's okay. So a very positive uh, piece in that yours is. Uh, I really do like the music one, but I um, the other one that really stuck out in my mind um, was The Light of Hope. Uh, spiritless drifter, the dark, cold room of dependence. It covers the walls, the the floors. Traces can be seen through the eyes of the one who is lost. Look at the soul. It is torn, rigid, longing for just one fill. Thoughts are racing for a better tomorrow that will bring a brighter hope, a hope that will permeate the soul and calm the heart. Let the morning renew. That's really cool. Yes. Thank you. Once again, I think it's, I don't think poetry gets enough credit in the literary world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I really don't. I think that people, I think they're so used to, you know, when you learn, start learning how to write poetry, you know, in school, it's like, you got to rhyme this word, you got to do help. And I think poetry is so much more than that because it's, I think it's thought and feeling put into a very condensed space, so to speak. Yes. And I think if people would view it more like that instead of, I think when they hear poetry, it's like, oh my God, I'm going back to English, you know, learning English in school. And I didn't like poetry because I didn't understand the old English poetry. And, you know, that's where we start. But I think yes, great, really, in, in starting by writing a book of, of poetry, because I do think a lot of people struggle with how to connect to it sometimes because it's, it's just, I think if they would take the time to read it, but I think a lot of times that people... I don't know if they're just so stuck in real world stuff that they think that it's, I don't know. Well, I, I really do think, though, it's like when we first, you know, think about when you, in, in school, when you first started reading poetry, you were reading the poetry of the old poems, 
you know, the older poets out there, Jack Frost, you know, sometimes his could get confusing for some people. Uh, but, uh, right. Elizabeth Browning. I mean, all of these, they were powerful, but they were also a little more difficult because they were longer. They were, they were just different, I think. You know, so for people who, I think what's kind of cool about your book is they're very short poems. People have attention spans today. We just want really quick snippets of them. Yeah. And yeah. Things like that and reels and stories. So I think that's why your book would be a really good book for people who are just trying out poetry or who had that experience of poetry. Maybe didn't know how to connect to it before, I think. You know, because these are kind of shorter, they're condensed, but there's a lot in a very short space. And I think if you were trying to promote your book, what would you tell people? Why would you tell them to buy it? I would say because some of the poems reflect my life. Like, just for example, that Spiritless Drifter, I wrote it, like, for two reasons. One, I used to have a problem with, oh, I went down a dark path and it led me to a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have done and I regretted. Well, I'm sober now because I used to, I used to use some drugs, not heavy drugs, but I used to do drugs. And that one was, that poem was filled with a lot of emotion. I used my example of how I found hope within that poem. And I just wanted people to get a connection because that's what makes people like the poem and they can see like the hidden meaning within the poem. How I would promote the book is I would tell them that there is actually things in there that people use in their life to have hope. There's poems about children, and I know a lot of people that get hope from children. And then there's one in there about a cardinal, because my grandma really likes birds. And so I wrote that that poem for her. There's another one about the mountains, yes. And I wrote that one for my mom, because the mountains give her hope. And then my dad said that children, grandkids, his family is what gives him hope. So there's one about family and there's also one about grandkids and people growing old and the kids moving out of the house, but it still gives them hope to know that those kids are out there doing something great, you know, even though they're not in the home no more, they're still doing something great with their life and that's really what I wanted. I wanted people to know that there is light in the darkness. You know, I think what's really interesting is for people who listen to the podcast and then hopefully go out and get your book, hearing how you tie it in, you know, so when they're reading these poems or they're like, oh, yeah, this is her dad. Yeah. So I, think- I think that when you can give examples of where your inspiration comes from on these, I think that it will. I think it'll have an impact for people and probably resonate with them even more. You know, I think because people want to know those backstories, you know, how did, why does this have value and meaning to somebody? And then when they know the value of the meaning, then they can also tie it into the meaning that they have in it. 
there's like almost a comparison. Yeah. And living here in Colorado, I completely understand why you say about the inspiration of, of nature and the mountains and all of those things, because there is so much beauty here. And, you know, I wish that everybody could experience at least once in their lifetime, come to Colorado, because it's just, it is, it's, there's just something so peaceful about it. Well, that's why we like hiking. Yeah. You know, you get out and you're hiking and when you become one with nature and you really just take that time to absorb it, there is such a, a sense of peace in that feeling of connectedness. And I think it's the feeling of connectedness that provides that hope for people. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what it is for you when you get out in nature and have that experience. I just like the smells when you go and can feel, well, I personally believe in God and I think I can feel him in the mountains more than anywhere that I am. I can feel a closeness to him and it's a very relaxing piece and I just love being connected and in nature yes i say the mountains but really i mean any kind of nature in the world is just awesome to be in you can feel it peace and be relaxed in a world that's not not relaxed right days. so busy running around all the time and that people do have a disconnect from from that and it's sad because yeah, if you go out there and immerse yourself in it, just it can be so freeing. Well, I like you know, and I think the thing is, is I think that sometimes people don't realize when they're out in nature and they're feeling that connectedness, there is a type of spirituality that is happening. You know, there's a connectedness. So I think that knowing that, and I and hopefully, you know, people when they read your book will pick up on some of that and and, and the value of that connectedness. That is hope. Yeah. So you said you. So I'm going to switch over real quickly because you said you your next thing would be a novel. What kind of do you have ideas for it? Or <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to write a psychological thriller with a horror emphasis on it. Okay. Okay. So talk about your writing process a little bit. So because people often ask, well, do you know the whole story? You know, does it just come to you? Do you you know? Oh, so with the poetry book, I can just write poetry. It's easy for me to come up with a poem on the spot. If I'm behind my computer, I can write 10 to 20 poems a day. But with the, an actual novel, it's a little bit harder because, well, with the poems, there's more of a connectedness. But with the novel i have to plan and so there's the research process and then i make an outline and then i actually start writing the book so and then after i start writing the book i just think of things as i go so yes i do the outline and i'll follow the outline but the main parts of the book is i just come up with that as i'm writing so no, do you have a projected time that you want to have this next novel out? Or, well, I'm kind of hoping by the end of the year. Okay, that's not yeah. a lot of yeah. time. It's only a little, yeah. about eight months or so. It's going to, I'm going to try to write 300 pages. And so 
with arthritis. There's a lot of breaks that I have to take and stuff like that, but I'm going to try to get it done by the end of the year. Are there any like dictation tools that can help you with that? What do you mean by that? Like, um, I know that there's some different programs and stuff like out there where that you can just talk. We'll say what you want to. Like on my computer here, if I'm in my Word document, I have a dictation button and it, I, you, you well, yeah. it, and it does it does the writing for you. I don't like that. <laughs> I actually like typing. I've um, I think I I find uh, listening to the to the keys click is relaxing. So. Yeah, it's a part of your process. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, it makes you feel like you're more really engaged in the novel in the process. Yeah, instead of talking. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. But, but well, and I think that's the thing too is that the more you know you're engaged with it, and the and and I think there are so many you know when you talk to writers and you read their stories and stuff. There are these little weird intricacies, you know, some only use a certain typewriter or a certain computer, certain font. I mean, it's all of yeah. it's all of it that makes that process theirs. Or maybe even only a certain room in their house. I'm sure there's probably just several things that go into that. <laughs> there actually is. I have a certain room. I do it at a certain time and I don't let hardly anybody know about when I'm actually working on it because I don't want people to know that it's actually in process right now. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, and I guess that makes sense because the process is as important as the finished product, you know, because I think mm. that for writers, the process, there's almost something therapeutic in it as well because you always put a little bit of yourself in a writing. So there's a almost a vulnerability in that as well. Uh-huh. So when you wrote the book, did you have anxiety about, oh my gosh, are people going to handle any anxiety around it? Well, actually, the poem Ode to Junior is one that I had extreme anxiety because I had told people that I was writing the book ahead of time and Junior actually wanted one copy of my book and he died three days before I got the book published mm-hmm. and so I real quick and added that poem in there for him and there was anxiety because I was thinking I wanted to do him justice I wanted to reflect his personality into that poem and I wanted people to know that I really loved and cared for him and he was just an amazing person and so I still have anxiety thinking I'm hoping that if he could see that poem right now that he loves it I really hope that he does. Well, it's kind of interesting that I think that desire to do do right by somebody who means so much to you. Do you feel like the poem did that justice? Your own personal opinion. I do. Right now, I really think that it touched people and his family and stuff all bought a copy of my book and so i'm hoping that they also think that it's very touching and that it's very worth him and that it 
is worthy of what he meant to me. What poem was that? It's called Ode to Junior. To Junior? What's all? Yeah, well, we're here in the middle. Let's down one real quick. See when we're talking Well, I think that, like I said, those are some really important things. The, the way that people inspire us. I'm sorry he didn't get to be, you know, around for that. It's on the index. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's important. And I imagine he does know that it was a good poem and it was for him. Ode to Junior. The profound feelings of grief are overwhelming and consuming. Each new day brings hidden emotions, emotions that swell up and threaten to break down and consume. The feeling of being lost to grief suffocates. Why did people leave so soon? Why was it their time? How will I see the light of day after the suffering, numbness, that lasts through eternity? A bright glow a glow that heals and cleanses, a glow that illuminates hope in hollowed hearts. The hope alights a flame and comforts the grief of those who have lost and lost the people they love and believe in. I definitely think it does injustice. Thank you. You know, I really do. I think that it was very well written. And I think that the emotion comes through and you know, grief and loss is one of those things. There is such a, it has such a profound impact on us. And, you know, oftentimes in the early moments, you think there's no way that I can get past this because the grief is so overwhelming. But then a new day comes and then another day and another day. And I think that in those things, the relationship we have with those people, it is them, I think, guiding us in a way to that place of hope, to where we realize life will go on and they get to go on with us in some ways anyway. And what a beautiful way to honor a person that means so much more. That's really cool. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So very definitely something, you know, I think that people, I think anybody who's lost somebody can definitely relate to that one in particular. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. And, you know, in, in, in reading the poems, there really will be something for there is something for somebody in there. You know what I mean? Yes. And so I know you have to be really excited though to to have this dream starting out at six years old and then fast forwarding and it becoming a reality for you. Yeah, how exciting. And then you're right. Then it inspires you to hopefully do the next one. Let me ask you this. The people that inspired you along the way, you mentioned your teacher. Did she get a copy? No, I haven't been in contact with her for many years. Well, I haven't seen her for a long time, so I hope she did. I hope she did. Yeah, and she sits in and says, hey, I know that. I know her, and I taught her, and I told her she was going to be an author one day. <laughs> I hope those are just really exciting things. And again, like I said, for the people that inspire you, it's it's kind of cool. Your family is, sounds like they're such a great inspiration to you as well, you know, and provide that hope. And I know there's still a lot of a journey left for you, and I know some of it's going to be difficult, especially with the RA, because it does limit you in so many different ways. But the cool thing is, is that your positive attitude, I'm still going to write a book, I'm still going to do these things, I think is really an inspiration to our listeners as well. Yeah, you have a lot of hope, and you're inspiring a lot of hope, so that's really cool. 
Thank you. Yeah. Real quickly, as we're getting ready to end, what would be a statement you would make to people about hope when they're kind of given a blow that's not exactly what they wanted in life or first, you know, they didn't foresee this? What would you think? I would say that there is always hope. There's hope in any aspect of life. I have been dealt something i'm only 33 and i've got arthritis i've been single for about five years i have one son and he's 12 and i can say that being a single mom isn't easy i've had my ups and downs throughout life and now now that i'm older i can see the hope i can see what brings hope in life and i just want people to feel the same hope that i have felt in my life right now i want them to be able to know that even in the darkest of times there is always a peace there is something that can make people happy like writing does that for me i truly love writing and it gives me a hope and a sense of purpose and so if people just find their purpose and find what they love they can find hope even in the darkest of times outstanding Mm -hmm. green what a wonderful uh, message so for everybody out there listening you can find stevie's book on amazon uh the light of hope and Take a moment, pick it up. Remember, poetry is not like you had in back in the day. This is much a much easier read, and it and it'll resonate with you. And so, hopefully, you'll pick it up and give her a chance. And if you like this one, then you know when she gets out her next novel, you guys will really enjoy that as well. At the end, the now, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate your message of hope for people because I think we're in a time where people have to remember there is more hope than there is darkness. There is hope is but transcends a lot of different things that are going on in our lives. So we want to thank you so much. And for our audience, thank you so much for joining us. We wish you guys a great week. Be kind to others. And once again, pick up Stevie's book, at Amazon. Y'all know Amazon. Everybody has Amazon. Well, so once again, thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm.